Alrighty. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Pressing Forward podcast. Um, today we have a co-host, Lexi Blackwell. Um, I'll allow her to, you know, introduce herself, kind of um, let the people know who you are. And uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, so I'm Lexi, like you said. I am currently working on my master's with sports psychology. I've found my love for this profession. It was actually pretty crazy. I wanted to go into strength and conditioning and it was handed to me on a silver platter. The person who was supposed to talk to me about a program I was going to hopefully get into wasn't there. And he just kind of started talking to me. And from there, like a light bulb just went off my head. I played sports all of my life and I didn't have this. I didn't know that my mental health mattered. I didn't know how much it affected my performance. And so as I started learning the material, going through everything, it kind of hit me like, I need to start getting this out here. I need to start talking to people. I need to get athletes to understand how it impacts them so much on a day-to-day basis. Um, so that's kind of how I started my business. Most definitely. I like that. And uh, your your story kind of sounds very similar to you know, my story in a way. Um, and I think that was one of the reasons why, um, as we previously spoke about, that was one of the reasons why I initially reached out to you. Um, but yeah, I'll just get into uh, um, today's topic. So today's topic is um, suicidal ideation. Um, this is a heavy topic for a lot of people. Um, so I do want to just give that disclosure that um, this might be a heavy or touchy subject for some people. Um, but yeah, let's just, uh, let's just dive right into that. Why, why do you feel like um, and not just in, you know, college athletes as well, just in general, why do you feel like, you know, suicide, um, is an important topic? I think that a lot of times athletes don't understand what's coming. So they have these goals and they have these things that they strive for. And when they get to a certain level, there's a, they can't cope. They, they can't fathom going through these things and a lot of times they're doing it alone Uh because they're away from their parents they're away from their families their loved ones their girlfriends boyfriends whoever their comfort is and they're going through a whole different experience it's not even within sports itself it's life it's not having food half the time (laughs) it's a lot of it's a lot of different stressors and if you don't know how to handle it going in then you see athletes falling into depression, thinking about suicide, thinking about all these different things that they probably didn't think about before. Um, and if they're not educated on it, then they might fall victim to it. Yeah. And I think that's very important. Um, like you said, a lot of athletes come into college, not really having, um, I would say the right mindset, but not really understanding um, that their mental health is a pivotal aspect of their performance, not only as an athlete, but just um, as, a, as a student as well. Um, and the reason why I feel like also um, suicide is very important is because um, one of the facts that was pointed out was like suicide is like, I believe, the second leading causes of death in college students, and which equates to about like 1,100 a year on a college campus. That's crazy. That's crazy. You know what I mean? Like, um, and you pointed out uh, risk factors as well. Can you, can, you t- can you touch more about that? Like risk factors, stressors, what, what are those? What contributes to some of these things? It can be so many different things. So it can be the loneliness. It can be 
not being able to handle the different environments that they're in. So whenever athletes are playing their sports in high school and in middle school, whatever the case is, they're used to having fun. They're used to being that man or that woman of their team. You know, there's not that stress and pressure on them. So when they get to college, it's all about money. It's all about different things that creates an atmosphere that's not welcoming. It's almost like do or die. If you don't win, your scholarship's cut. If you mess up one time, your, your consequences are not like they used to be. And so I think a combination of that and not feeling welcomed by their own teammates, you have school. Academics are way different than what it is in high school. You know, you have to pass. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have teachers who are just going to be like, oh, here's an A. You know, right, we're right. all used to and, and now, because money's involved, it's your job. Right. And your mom might be a phone call away, but that's not her really comforting you like mm. you're used to. Um, another thing is their self-esteem just kind of starts plummeting especially since they are used to being that person as soon as their coach tells them that they're not or in football cases you're used to being that man and then you're not playing for a whole year yeah so a lot of times their self-esteem is dropping they feel like failures it's it's just all kinds of things yeah no that's important and i one of the things that i i've noticed too i feel like student athletes have um a unique kind of stressors like additive stressors on top of that because you think about it like you, you've played uh, sports in college as well. So you understand like the regimen, the routine, getting up at a certain time. You're usually getting up at like 5 a.m. in the morning, whereas yeah. your, your counterparts, they getting up 8 a.m., whatever the case may be. And I have to do everything you're doing on top of, you know, my schedule, having meetings, having workouts, having uh, study hall, things like that. So it's so much more that underlying factors that play into it as well in terms of like, stress factors and, and things that add on to um, what athletes are already experiencing. Um, and one of the things you pointed out was the uh, self-esteem aspect, which is huge. Um, and that's, that becomes a problem too, because that was one of the topics we talked about a couple of weeks ago was coping with injuries, which adds on to that as well. Um, like what, from your opinion, why do you feel like um, athletes have such a hard time being able to, you know, reach out to help for, for help. A lot of times they don't understand that they have outlets. Uh, like you mentioned, you guys have a set schedule, everything's set in stone. So at what point in the day are you going to step into your school counselor and talk to them? Because by the time you have downtime, that is when they're past close. Right. Um, another thing is though that is known to many people, Many athletic directors, coaches, all these different people that have a hand in an athlete's life, nobody is stepping up and giving them a secondary resource. A lot of pro, a lot of programs don't even have sports psychologists. That's starting to change now that things have happened in the sports world, and it's kind of shaken everybody up. And I mean, I get emails daily saying, "Oh, this school's hiring a whole crew of people mm. to be sports psychologists for their programs," but it has taken it to this point of athletes taking their lives for that to happen. Um, before then people didn't know. I listened to a podcast from a UCLA soccer player and she said she didn't know that she was depressed until 
she had to go take a COVID test and she saw on the line where some, the line asked, do you feel depressed? Do you feel like taking your own life? And that's when it clicked. That's when she realized she needed to get help. But before that point, you're taught how to let it go. You're tough, play through it, do what you got to do. And you don't know until somebody makes that light bulb click in your head. And you, you speak on an important aspect of it, of that too, is recognizing the signs. Um, so if people themselves can't recognize the sign within themselves, how do we expect other people to be able to recognize that as well? You know what I mean? And right. I think uh, another thing that plays into that as coaches, I think coaches also play an important aspect and an important role in that as well, because, you know, you're dealing with these athletes on a day to day. And it's not enough just to focus on just, um, the performance of your students, the performance of that athlete without neglecting the fact that this person is a human being, they have emotions, they have different problems going on in their life. Obviously, like you said, it's a business. And, you know, once you get to college, it's, um, you know, it's a different ball game. Um, so uh, one of the things that um, I also wanted to um, ask about as well um, was some of the ways that people can um help like if i was somebody who um was dealing with some of these things how can i who do i reach out to how do i get help um what are some of the signs of 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 people that are might be going through some of these things so specifically for female athletes it's really hard to tell a lot of times the signs specifically for them for one of two reasons females can have what they call atypical symptoms. So they could be gaining weight. They could be um, having an increased appetite. Whereas other people who are depressed don't feel like eating. They're losing weight. You know, you can start to physically tell that they're sick. Um, Another thing is that female athletes can have increased anxiety. You know, it just, it looks different for a lot of people. Um, So I would specifically look for isolation. Mm changes in attitude if you have somebody who shows up to practice every single day and as happy as can be and then for consistent two to three practices something just feels blank check on them make sure they're okay it's really tricky as far as athletes like i said to find help but if you go on sports psychology websites All you have to do is type in your location. You can find remote people. You can find um, people within your area. It can be hard because with what money? That is very true. That's very true. And and I think that, oh no, go ahead. Yeah, I was just going to say, so the best thing for it is to communicate with coaches and try to figure out some kind of set schedule, try to figure out if they can have a hand in reaching out to somebody on campus to do Zooms or stay after hours. There has to be some kind of like hand in hand work between the players and coaches and the athletic directors to try to provide this help, especially since it's not always provided and it's not always a available thing. Yeah, and, and I think that's very important as well. And one of the things that you spoke to as far as the signs as well, um, I just wanted to add on to that as well, because um, oftentimes we might even like have a friend or somebody who, you know, is sort of withdrawn 
from, you know, they're, they're normally a happy person, like you said. Um, now they're withdrawn. They lose interest in, you know, things that they used to find pleasure in, um, unexplained anger, aggression. Um, these are signs that people are, you know, they're hurting. And I think too often we ignore these signs and it gets to a point where it's too late, you know. Um, and then, you know, people are left with the question of, oh, I wish I could have done something. What could I have done? Um, and I think that's why this important, this conversation is so important because um, we have to be able to recognize or be able to see these things in people and be able to help them. Um, like, what do you, and an also thing, well, in terms of the resources as well, I just wanted to add too, just because um, one of the things you could reach out to 1-800-273-TALK-885, which is a national suicide prevention hotline. Um, you can reach out to them for help as well. Um, yeah, I just want to add that as well. So, <laughs> Yes, and then that website for um, sports psychologists specifically is appliedsportspsychology.org. Um, as soon as you get on the homepage, there is something big in the right-hand corner and it's find a CMPC and then that's where you would just plug in your location. And there is also an option on it to be able to um, look at people who do Zooms. And uh, what was, so for this particular uh, topic, you said it was something that before we discussed, it was something that was very important for you. Um, why is this so important to you? So, it became a foundation for my business for the main reason I've never had specifically a moment where I thought about personally taking my life. Mm -hmm. um, but whenever there was, I think it was the two months ago where it was athlete back to back to back to back. Yeah. I do remember that. It hit me like a brick. I sat there as I was reading these things popping up on my phone and it made me think like why am i just sitting on all of this information that i have been learning the past two years instead of just putting the information out there letting it be known letting it be heard getting conversations started i don't have to sit on it just because i'm not licensed yet nobody said i couldn't educate what i people on what i've learned so far and so I knew that I couldn't wait any longer and I knew that I would be able to help somebody just by being consistent and putting it out there. And so I just went for it and I have been putting out information ever since it's been a couple of weeks and I feel like I've gotten a, a very good response with it. Um, and I'm definitely going to continue because there's so many athletes out here that just have no idea. I was one of them. I had no idea. I didn't know I was depressed. Yeah, it wasn't yeah. until I put my head in a book and started learning about this stuff where now I'm like, oh my gosh, I was fully depressed for a whole summer because of a loss. That's like crazy. would not leave my room. And it made me realize that there was times where I was playing and I wasn't playing my best and I had no idea why. Then I could finally put a name to it. And I was like, huh, where was that while I was playing? Where was somebody to tell me that? 
And so I was like, nope, I'm going for it. I'm starting this business. People need to hear this. Yeah, I think that's important. Um, and, you know, that that sign, sounds very similar to kind of how I started this podcast and everything, too, was because at first I'm like, I don't know if I want to start it because I'm not licensed, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. But at the end of the day, it's like, obviously, you're in the curriculum, you're learning these things. So like you said, what what good is it? What use is it if you just sit in there and, and not being able to use, obviously, your voice, um, where you're at right now, what you've learned to help other people? Um, but yeah, no, that's, that's, that's huge. And that's very important. So yeah, what do you feel like are some common myths um, when it pertains to suicidal ideation? Because um, I think there's always, you know, this idea that um, suicide is, is um, they usually say it's a selfish act. People say it's a selfish act. Um, mm-hmm. What are some of the other things that you kind of see that, that are common myths as well? I would say as far as common myths for athletes, it is that they're not allowed to feel that way, mm. that they're not allowed to care about their mental health because they are the strongest people, strongest minded people. Mm. I put that in quotes because that doesn't mean that it's not true. Yeah. The things that athletes go through is crazy. The thing that kind of gets me is when people start throwing facts and they're saying, oh, well, exercise is supposed to help with depression. So they can't be depressed if they're exercising all the time. Exactly. Well, what what is going to keep them from feeling depressed when they're off the field? And so I feel like that is such a huge myth. I literally had somebody comment that on one of my videos, trying to discredit what I was teaching because they said that since they exercise so much that they they can't feel that way. Yeah. And that made me realize that that is common. That's how most people think because they believe that athletes are only supposed to have this tough mindset 24 seven. They can't not feel that way ever. Yeah. So it's a surprise when it, when somebody takes their life because they're like, Oh, well, if they can swing a bat all the time and dive and just get hit all the time then surely they can handle emotions right 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 it's almost like this thinking like oh yeah get over it get over it like oh you've you've done this plenty of times you're so strong you know what I mean and I feel like that doesn't help either in terms of like that stigma in terms of yeah these are human beings you're talking about like this is like forget the I think that's also thing that clouds people's judgment is like oh you give these athletes, especially professional athletes, you give them money, you give them all this, this things, and you expect these things to just solve problems as if these aren't human beings you're still talking about. Like, even the situation with, like, Ben Simmons for the longest, um, I'm not sure if you're familiar with that, but, like, even that situation, you know, he's a human being as well. So, you know, he has to go through those thoughts. And, and nowadays it don't help because social media is, plays into it as well. You know, you got to play a bad game. Back in the day, you play a bad game and it's over. Like maybe the media might come to you, but now it's like come back on your phone. People are, you know what I mean? So it's a whole different ball game um, nowadays. So I think that also plays into it as well in, the, in terms of why athletes um, find it hard to reach out for help as well. Yes. And just back that social media thing, that was that. Um is a big no-no in my head as far as how fans act. That is one thing when it comes to mental health that kind of grinds my gears is that 
fans take it to the extreme. Um, whenever their team loses, especially in big games, it's straight to their phones to either tweet athletes, DM them, say all these things. There was one athlete from Wichita State basketball program. He screenshot and put on so his social media what fans were DMing him after they lost a game. And it was death threats. It was calling him every name under the sun. And I was at the game. He played well. But you can't leave the game with any kind of negative thoughts or emotions because unfortunately that's your life. The second you step off the court or field, you're going to have that constant reminder on your phone. You're going to have people walking up to you saying stuff and their justification as fans is, well, log off your phone. Well, just ignore it. Because they don't if they don't understand how badly it affects people because it doesn't allow people to mentally recover from games. Because how do you know if an athlete isn't already taking the game hard and going to go home and be depressed about it? You don't or you just don't care. So you're going to continue to push and push and push at it. And so, yeah, it's just one thing that I've never understand especially when it comes to college athletes because they're kids. Right. Right. And granted, like most of these competitors, most of these athletes are their hardest critic anyway. So like the fact that that adds to it, you know, people coming at you or whatever the case may be, it's like, yeah, I go home and study film and then do all those things as well. You know what I mean? So it's like for to add that additive, you know, comments thrown at you, it doesn't help as well. I don't, I don't think that's, that's um, helpful for anybody. Um, yes yes and a lot of and athletes carry many identities one being social and though they can say that they don't care what people say to them there's going to be a part of them that if it's the right person or the wrong person it's going to affect them right it's going to affect them for a while and once that starts to affect them, then everybody else is going to circle in on it and start to push buttons. So, yeah, yeah, no. I, I, <laughs> yeah, no. I think that was a, a, a important topic as well. Um, and then also one of the common myths with that, too, is like, um, you know, only experts can stop a suicide. Um, I think people don't understand, like, even if you have a friend, even um, somebody that you might know is like, you know, you don't have to be an expert to, you know, one, recognize the signs. You don't have to be an expert to step in um, because, you know, you know, it's hard kind of seeing, you know, somebody who's cl- especially you're close with going through something like that. Um, so I don't know. It's, it's, it's an interesting topic. It's an interesting topic. Very touchy topic as well. So, yeah. And, and I think that so many people are scared to talk about it. Because a lot of times, if somebody just mentions the topic, somebody automatically is going to assume that that's them feeling that way. Yeah, exactly. And so it starts to make them nervous to even mention it. And or if they were feeling a type of way that they needed to talk, they're probably not going to because somebody ruined that for them. So it's it's very, like you said, it's a very touchy topic. It doesn't necessarily have to be the right people that you talk to. It just has to be somebody that's going to listen without judgment. And it's 
important for people to understand that, that whenever somebody comes and speaks to you, they're not speaking to you because they necessarily want the judgment. They just want somebody to hear them. Right. It's not, it's not the feedback that they're looking for. It's literally somebody to just listen. Yes. Yes. And that, and it, you have to recognize that in the moment as the person who's supposed to be the listener. Yeah. Because just like if somebody's grieving, they don't want to hear a hundred times like, oh, I can't imagine how you feel or, oh, you know, kind of, it kind of like discredits what they're feeling because right. they, they're trying to connect it back to them instead of just hearing what they say. So it's almost better to just listen. And if they are wanting help, that's when you step in or you help them. I don't, I don't want to say anonymously, yeah, but do so in a way that it's not pushy and it's not blindsiding. So like almost, I was like almost in a discreet way. It's not like so much in their face. You're not throwing it in their face essentially. Yes, because there's going to be times where people are about to get help and then they get scared and you don't want to be that person who is causing that fear even more. You want to almost be like the the silent comfort. That's just the handhold or helping them to that point. Not, oh my gosh, no, you need to call this person right now. We need to do this. We need to do that because that's when somebody's going to shut down. And they're going to think something's wrong with them. And that's a common myth too. Mental health is not, does not always have to be negative. Right. It doesn't mean something's wrong with you. It just means that there's things you got to work on. Right. Everybody has things that they have to work on. And when it comes to sports psychology, we like preach, we're not fixing you. We're building, we're building on you. Don't think that mental health is a bad thing. We're just helping you become a better overall person. And with that being said, too, it's like it's not the fact that you're weak. You're reaching out because you want the strength. You know what I mean? Like it's not you're reaching out because you're weak. It's essentially I understand that there's something here that I'm going through. There's something here that um, that I need to process. So in order to process those things and become a better person, you might need to reach out to help. You might need to seek these different, you know, avenues, these different resources. And, um, and to add to that too, uh, as well, like some of the things that as a listener, you should also be like, try not to overreact. Like you said, not overreact. Don't make it personal. Like don't try to take what the person is going through as personal. Like, especially if it's like a spouse or something like that, or maybe a partner, you know, you don't want to reflect it back to you and be like, oh, is it because I did this or I did that? You know what I mean? Really validate that person's feelings and understand, like, you know, this person is going through something. Be that guiding person to them, not really, like you said, the one pushing them, essentially. So. Yes, yes. And it's hard and you don't really know how you're going to react in the situation until you're in the situation. Right. Um, you, you just really can't practice it. I mean, I've heard things time after time on how to do it. I've had teachers to tell me, like. Yeah, I've randomly gotten a phone call and I immediately panicked. And we're talking about a licensed professional panicking because somebody that was one of their former clients called them and he states away and was like, I can't do this anymore. I can't do I can't play no more. Like just really letting her hear it. And she she didn't know what to do. She just panicked Mm. and she got all the training 
she said that she had just got done doing all the training. And it's like, you can't expect to be perfect in the moment, but if you take key things from what you learned, you're going to be able to help somebody regardless of what you do. Because a lot of times you're the first person that they they're coming to and they trust you enough to come to you. And you just got to do the best you can and try your hardest not to scare them. Especially if that person is entrusting you with such a thing to come to you. Cause that's, that's like, like we was talking about before. That's a heavy topic that for somebody to, to look at you or deem you as somebody that they want to reach out to and be like, Oh, I'll reach out to you because this person might be able to help me. Um, you kind of have to take that as um, it's important. Like you have to take that as, as uh, it's, it's, it's a very, um, it's a very important thing. Um, so I just want to be cognizant at the time just because it just showed me the, uh, the 10 minute mark. So we probably have about like four more minutes, maybe. Okay. Um, so yeah, usually how we wrap up is just um, sort of giving, I think we gave some resources before, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, what would be um, one thing that you would like to leave with the listeners? I think the thing that I would want to leave the most is understanding that being an athlete is just one of your identities. Mm. You are many things. You have to understand that you're many things. So when people try to label you as just an athlete and tell you, you can't have mental health problems, you can't work on your mental health. You can't be public about your mental health. Know that you can, because you're a human. You were a human before you were an athlete. And that's important to always remember. You're going to carry yourself as an athlete. You're going to have goals centered around being an athlete. But again, that's, that's not all you are. And that's something very important that you have to learn because one day that ball is going to stop dribbling. And that pretty much concludes today's episode of the Pressing Forward podcast. Uh, we want to thank all listeners for tuning in. Um, be sure to like, share, um, and also follow us on um, all socials at Pressing Forward. Um, you can follow us on Instagram as well. And you can also follow today's guest as well. All her information is going to be in the description. So uh, just go ahead and, and show her some love as well. So um, thank you again.